just trying to find the people that's still willing to stand up and be uncommon. Welcome to Can I Get an Amen with Bishop Herson Gonzalez, the pastor of Vida Church in Woonsocket, Rhode Island. Subscribe to Can I Get an Amen at www.canigetanamen.podbean.com. Again, that's www.canigetanamen.podbean.com. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Can I Get an Amen? My name is Herson. And I want to hear from you. Email me at bhg at vida.church. That's bhg at vida.church. Please let me know what you think about the show. Any questions, anything you want me to talk about on the air, I'd be happy to do that. You can also reach me on my Facebook page, Bishop Herson Gonzalez, H-E-R-S-O-N, Bishop Herson Gonzalez. And don't forget to subscribe to our show wherever you're listening. Hey, my dad, the Right Reverend Jesus Gonzalez, just celebrated his 80th birthday on Sunday. So we want to wish him a very happy birthday. And with any luck, we'll get him on the podcast soon. I also want to congratulate my brother, Eliza Gonzalez, Eli, the Ghost Gonzalez from Ghost Publishing. Uh, He finished and published, released his book called The Fierce Urgency of Now. Congratulations, my dear brother. Can't wait to talk to you on Can I Get an Amen real soon. Let's get into our topic for today. Are Christians better than non-Christians? I know that this question seems impolite, especially because if we were to answer it biblically, some people might get offended. The answer is yes, we're better, at least in the eyes of God, but not like some might think. We're better, but not superior. Now, don't shut off the podcast just yet. (laughs) Let me try to explain. I'm pretty sure that any non-Christian can beat me in a foot race. I'm not, or we are not, superior. Anybody could beat me in a foot race. If we were better at anything, what makes us better has nothing to do with us at all. It's not like we deserve to have our sins forgiven. No one's that good. Every believer alive desperately clings to the completed work of the cross of Jesus. Look, we all deserve damnation. We're only saved by the faith that we have in Jesus Christ. Now, I don't mean to imply that Christians are perfect and non-Christians are lesser than. Listen to what I'm saying. We aren't better in the sense that our lives have less drama or that our relationships are less complicated or that we have fewer divorces. We don't. That our kids get into less trouble. They don't. The only difference between a Christian and a non-Christian is the sheer mercy of God. A mercy which opens our eyes to recognize that we are ill-deserving sinners who by grace realize that we have no hope within ourselves and we in fact repented 
from trusting in our own goodness because there is no goodness in us. Not enough. But I can't sugarcoat it for you. Having God in your life makes a difference. If he really is that great, having him in your life is going to make your life better. Accepting Jesus makes us sons and daughters of a living God. The Holy Spirit dwells in us and we become the temples of that Holy Spirit. I'll say it this way. I am a better person because I have Jesus Christ in my life. I'm not claiming to be better than you, but I am certain that I'm better than who I used to be. Let me read 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9 for you and listen for the word peculiar. Verse 9 says, But ye are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, and holy nation, a peculiar people, that ye should show forth the praises of him who hath called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. That word peculiar means strange or odd. In this context, I want to I wanna say that the people of God are uncommon. Deuteronomy 14.2 says, You have been set apart as holy to the Lord your God, and He has chosen you from all the nations of the earth to be His own special treasure. That's what it means to be peculiar, to be God's own special people. Now, now you may say not better or better. I'm going to say different. I'm going to say uncommon. And at the very least, we are God's special possession. My sermon this week breaks it down into three kinds of people from God's bird's eye view. The first is the natural person. The second is the carnal person. And the third is the spiritual person. Let's go to the altar of Vida Church and listen to this message. The people of God are uncommon. That's what we're reading. 1 Corinthians chapter 2.14. Open your Bibles to there now. And we're going to read. But the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God. For they are foolishness unto him. Neither can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. When the Bible speaks of the natural person, it's speaking of someone that's not saved. Someone that hasn't had a genuine encounter with Jesus Christ. Someone who is, if the trumpets were to sound today, uh, there they will not be caught up and raptured uh, with the rest of us. They're going to stay. They're, they're not going to make it uh, into, the, into the triumphant trumpet call of God. They're not saved. Another way to, dis- to call them is that they're, they're, they're people that have not yet been born again. Amen? And so there are a couple of attributes. I don't want to spend a lot of time talking about them unless you can identify. Wait a minute. This is me. The natural person is bound to, to earthly things. The, the very nature of the, 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 the natural person, it's that they, they care about the, the things in the here below. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 3, Paul describes the life of a lost person or, or, or a person that's in this world in our text. He says that, that the life of the natural man is, 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 is among whom also we have all had conversations in the past in the lust of our flesh. Fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind. And we by nature 
We were by nature the children of wrath, even as others. Now, in this, in this verse, Paul is saying, we used to be these guys. This used to be us. And how many of us can remember how we used to live before we got saved? Anybody remember how, how you did whatever you wanted to do no matter what? If it was right or wrong, it didn't matter. Sin and, and, and godliness didn't really, that didn't really care. You didn't really care about it. Amen. Uh, these, are, these are people we live, basically live to have a good time. All you wanted to do is have a good time. You wake up and you try to find the easiest way to get through that day, having the most amount of pleasure, the least amount of sacrifice, living for yourself. Amen. Uh, that, that's the natural man. Having a good time. Pulling from things that are sensual. Pulling from activities that feel good. And, and that, was, that was us. Amen. That was us. We did what we wanted to do. We didn't care what the Bible said. We didn't care what our parents said. We didn't care if it was wrong or right. We just wanted to feel good. The whole, our whole lives was governed and controlled by the wants and the desires. The natural man is, is, is controlled by desires and wants. He, 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 the natural man is impulsive. He does what comes to his mind at the moment. The natural person is blind to the eternal things. Not only is the, is the, the natural person um, not able to see what God wants to do, uh, they're bound to the things of the earth, but now they, they, can't even, they can't even acknowledge God. Now, now there's some people that know God is real, but they can't acknowledge them in their heart. That's a natural person. There's some people that will go as far as believing in God and believing in Jesus, but they, but they won't accept them. They, 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 they want to keep uh, uh, control of their lives. And these people uh, are blind to eternal things. 1 Corinthians chapter 2.14 also states that when it comes to the spiritual things, they cannot know them. They cannot perceive them. Even if it was right in front of their face, they can't perceive it. The natural man can't understand the spiritual things. That's why I think it's real funny when, 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 you, when you got people that don't know God but know Bible. That don't make you spiritual, brah. One time, one time I, I, someone called me at my house and they said, and they said, Bishop, we need you to come to our house. There's a demon going crazy in our house. And I was having dinner with my family and, and we had just established family dinner day and I looked at my wife and I said, honey, I got to go rebuke a demon. And, and, I, and, and my wife goes, you're going to finish dinner. And I was like, oh, I'm going to finish dinner. <laughs> we had just established. And Valerie, Valerie told me, you know that demon is just trying to break up family time. Stay here, finish dinner, then you can go. When I got to the house, there were six people that don't serve God trying to rebuke this demon. <laughs> what? Listen to me. You can say all the right words, but you won't have power. You can read the Bible, but you won't have insight. Because natural people cannot see the things of God. They're invisible to you. They're actually foolishness to you. Natural people won't see it. Natural people won't see it. The truth is, I told all those unbelieving people to get out of the room. Within five minutes, that lady was up walking, talking normal. 
Amen? Because there's a difference between knowing who God is and calling on his name. Any natural person can do that. But there is something more to serving God than understanding that he is and that he exists. There are mysteries that are un unraveled and revealed to us. If you haven't had the mysteries revealed to you yet, you may still be living in the natural. Because it's the Holy Spirit, once you accept him, that starts to illuminate and starts to give you illumination of what's written in the word of God. Now you cannot just read it to understand it, but you can read it and live it. Amen. The natural man can read it, but won't ever be able to live it. Ever. We've got good people that come to church, but never have accepted Jesus Christ. They're never, they're never going to have the power of God active and available to them. Because they're natural. Mm -hmm. They're blind to the things. Now, there's a second category of people. And this is an interesting category. And even though I love you, this is, might be the category that some of you fall into. And, and I'm, I'm going to try to be gentle, but this might hurt a little bit. The second category of people God sees is carnal people. Now, in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 1, it says, And I, brethren, could not speak to you as unto spiritual, but as unto carnal Wait a minute. Paul is talking to carnal people that are in Christ. This second group of people has accepted Jesus Christ. This second group of people has made the prayer and confession. And they are, the Bible calls them in Christ. So I can't contradict the Bible. The Bible says that there are some people that are in Christ but are carnal. Oh. That doesn't fit well in my theology. <laughs> but let's, 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 let's hear what the word of God says. Uh huh. This is the fleshly controlled person. Much like a natural person. Yet this person has accepted Christ. This person is, knows who Jesus is. We know that the carnal person is saved. Because, because in the scripture. Paul refers to them as being in Christ. And if you're in Christ you're saved. Okay, so, so, so there's something real funny here that Paul is talking about. Paul is talking about carnal, uns carnal saved people. What? Wait a minute. 1 Corinthians 3.3, 3, Paul says that the carnal walk as men. In other words, they walk as natural men. In other words, although the carnal man is saved, he acts like, walks like, talks like a natural man. The natural man, remember, can't see God. So you really can't blame the natural man for sinning the way he does. Because the natural man can't understand it. The carnal Christian, now you can start to look at that person and say, what's going on with you? You're saved, you've been redeemed by the blood of the Lamb, but you're still living the way you want to live. You haven't made a transition you're still stuck in what's carnal. And, and, and all of us have this, 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 this time where we're going to go from, from living like we did to living the way God wants us to. That time period is called carnal living. And, and, and I believe that the grace of God, according to scripture, covers your sins. Amen. Oftentimes, there, there's not a lot of difference between this category of people and the natural category of people. They live and they act like someone who's not saved. There's some folks in this room 
that are saved. I believe you've had a genuine encounter with Jesus Christ, but your life is not reflecting it yet. You're carnal. You're carnal. And, and, and I want to talk about that this morning, amen, uh, because it's important for you to know where you're at. Because once you know where you're at, you know how to take the next step. I don't want you to stay where you are. Amen. This is the year 2019, and this year we grow. Amen. We grow. So we're not going to stay where we are. Amen. So if, you're, if, if, if you were around them for a while, if you were around them and you didn't know that they're a Christian, you'd actually be surprised to find out, you go to church? Has anybody ever, had, has anybody ever said that to you? Surprised? You go to church? You go to church? You? <laughs> Usually when they're saying that, they're actually saying, this is what they're saying, I never noticed Jesus in you. Wait a minute. I never saw fruit that you are a believer. Maybe I wasn't looking for it, but I, I've never seen it. Yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, these are those, these are those who are saved that live like the unsaved people. And, 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 and I have a real concern for folks like that. I have a, I have a real concern for them. Amen. They are, they are what the Bible calls carnal people. Let's look at these carnal people a little bit more. First I want you to notice that carnal people remain as spiritual babies. They are stunted. Carnal people, carnal Christians are Christians that remain in, in the baby phase. They never start to grow. They never, they never develop. They, they're always crawling, never walking. Anybody hear me? Amen. This is the danger. In, in, in the Bible, uh, the Bible defines them in 1 Corinthians chapter 3 verse 1. Babes in Christ. This is the term that, that, that the Bible uses to refer to these folks. These, these, these carnal believers are babes in Christ. They're babies. And I love babies because babies are cute. Right? You're cute and all. <laughs> but I, I mean, let's call, I mean, let's be real. Babies are dumb. Let's, let's, baby don't know nothing. They don't know nothing. Ain't no baby in the world that's going to beat me in tic-tac-toe. None of them. None of them, right? They're, 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 just, they're just learning how to live. They, they breathe. They go to the bathroom a lot. They eat a lot, right? They do what humans do, but they stay in this phase of, 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 of when you're a baby, you're not, you're, you don't know better. I mean, it's, it's different. But when I'm talking to a toddler and a toddler is trying to put a, his, his, his metal fork into the electric socket, you look at him and go, hey, no, no, no. That's ouchie. That's ouch. That's ouch. No. And then, and then you cover it. Right? Now it's different when you see a 37-year-old man with a fork going, uh, uh. you're not going to react. You're not going to say, ouchie. You're going to go, yo, what are you doing? What are you doing? Right? So we have these people that have been in Christ for years but are still babies. How do we know? Because they're carnal. They still do what the flesh wants. They still give in to every temptation. They're still undisciplined in prayer. They're still in, undisciplined in reading the word. They're, they're undisciplined in fellowship. For whereas 
there is among you envy. Listen, you're carnal. You're carnal. You're Christian, but you're carnal. If there's envying and strife and divisions, are ye not carnal and walk as natural men? Carnal people always need you to stop that. And you're trying to stop that. Carnal people are like dogs and squirrels. They live in a world. I mean, they can't stay focused on the mission. They're so distracted easily by the things of the flesh. Listen to me, my friends. There are people in this room that if they're really being honest with themselves, they acknowledge they've accepted Jesus Christ, but they're living in the flesh. They are carnal. I have serious concerns for the salvation of those people. Now, the Bible says that they are in Christ. There are some that are in Christ that are not yet growing. Our job as a church, our job as leadership is to identify your stunt in growth and spur you and help you along. Some people wonder, why do, why do, you, why do I always get a call when I miss church? Because when you, when you miss church, you're actually giving an indication that there might be something wrong with your spiritual walk. Congregating together is, 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 is a command of scripture. This is where we come to get empowered and immobilized and, and, and work for the kingdom of God. So, so when people opt out of this, there might be, I'm not saying there always is, but there might be something wrong. And as a pastor, I, there's, because I don't get to speak to every person every day, one of the indications that you're disconnected from the vision and you're disconnected from God maybe and you're disconnected from fellowship maybe is that when you choose to skip two, three, four Sundays, what is it telling me? I've got a baby going on. I've got a baby that needs attention. And I don't mean that to insult you. I mean it to, 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 to let you know this is how God sees you. There are three kinds of people. There's a natural person there's a, there's, and there's a carnal Christian. And you need that kind of attention. Well, you need a call before you get to church. You need, you need people to visit you and you need people to call you and you need people to corral you. That's not bad for a season. You might need it for a while, even if, even if you've been in church for a while. Some of us get tired along the way. I'm not talking down to the folks that need visits. I, I, I'm telling you that this is why we visit. This is why we call. Because we're identifying what God, what, how God sees you. You're carnal. You're carnal. No, I love God. I ain't talking about your love for God. I'm talking about you're stuck in your flesh. You're stuck in your feelings. You're stuck in your emotions. Number three, and these are the people that I hope I'm talking to today. And the beautiful thing about this is if you're not this person now, by the end of our service, you can be. This is called spiritual people. And I like to call them the uncommon people. Yeah. Yeah. First, first, first Corinthians 2.15 talks about he that is spiritual. Ooh, he that is spiritual. This is a, this is a contrast. This is a stark contrast to the carnal Christian. The carnal Christian is like the natural man governed by the flesh. Whereas the spiritual man is governed by the spirit. When, when you start to live for God, when you live for God, you stop chasing your own desires and your own dreams and you start to pick up the greater dreams of God for your life. God's will becomes most important, not more important, most important. Amen. And instead of trying to squeeze God into a little day, a little time in your calendar, you start to build your life around him. 
He becomes your everything. He becomes your sustenance. He becomes your north. He becomes your, 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 the object of your love and your affection. He becomes the reason you wake up in the morning. He becomes the reason you pray and you read. He's the one you sing to when you're singing. He's the one you're whistling to when you whistle. He's the one that you clap for when you clap. He's the one that you live for. I'm telling you, there is something to a spiritual person. Mm-hmm. It's different than the, than the carnal Christian. Because spiritual people are a discerning people. I'm going to say that again. Spiritual people know the difference between right and wrong and choose right. They discern. When it comes to spiritual things, unlike the natural man, they are understanding. They understand spiritual things. We read in 1 Corinthians 2.15, but he that is spiritual judges all things. He that is spiritual looks at everything and, and is able to understand what's going on. They understand where temptation is. They understand where living right is. They understand where God is. They understand where the enemy is. They understand the voice. They can recognize the voice of their flesh and the voice of God. Amen. These spiritual people, this word judges, it means that, 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 that the spiritual man is able to sift through the evidence and reach a proper conclusion. <laughs> Amen. Now you're going to notice that in, in verse 15 it says that, that it judges all things. The spiritual man is able to come to the right conclusion about things. And now, I, I mean, this is the truth of the word of God. This is the truth of the uncommon people of God. For example, the Christian community, the church is often attacked in, in some media outlets and in certain circles because, because the church stands for what it believes in when it comes to certain moral issues that are prevalent in society. Now, now things are happening in society. The world is, is agreeing with it. The world, because it, is, because it is, is, is natural, goes along with whatever they desire. The world, because it is not spiritual and can't discern the spiritual things, they'll agree with things that make sense. But the spiritual man judges all things and knows right from wrong. The spiritual man can look at a situation, can look at a topic, can look at a hot button issue and make the decision based on spiritual evidence and not be sorry. We can be empathetic. We can, we can try to, to, to tell you that we understand why you're there because you're natural. I understand why you see it that way because you're carnal. But why don't you understand why I see it this way because I'm spiritual. The spiritual man's supposed to be able to understand the natural and understand the carnal, but nobody understands the spiritual man. We're called hateful. We're called judgmental. Yes, we're called to judge all things. We are judgmental. Mm-hmm. The world rebels against, against our, our convictions. And, and, and it wants us to endorse wrong living. If you took time, if you took time, don't call me old-fashioned. I don't like that term. Call me biblical. Call me spiritual, but don't call me old-fashioned. I'm a pretty modern dude. Look, I'm wearing white pants. Come on. I'm modern. <laughs> I 
was so scared putting on these pants this morning. I was like, do I look like I'm going to fish? Or do I look like I'm going to sail? And what am I doing? The reason why they don't understand us is because they can't. They can't. They can't. The things of the Spirit seem foolish. Like foolish. They're never going to understand us. So we've got to stop expecting them to understand and respect our point of view. Even though that they're, they're, they're trying to ram their point of view down our throats. What we're going to do is we're going to stand and be spiritual people. Because, because it's easy. It'd be easier to be common. It would be easier to just say, yeah, do what you want to do. It would be easier to go along with the flow. But I believe God is lifting up a generation of people that are uncommon. People that are willing to stand up for what they believe in. Why? Because we're spiritual. Because we're not carnal. Because we're growing. Because we're maturing. Because the Bible is speaking life to us. And we want to represent God in the very best way possible. Amen. I want to represent him the way he is, not the way I want him to be. I want to represent the God of Scripture. I love this quote. Will Rogers says, live in such a way that you would not be ashamed to sell your parrot to the town gossiper. <laughs> now you imagine, now you know, you know the way you talk at home and your parrot repeats what you say. Imagine you're so confident in your life that you will sell your parrot to the town gossiper. That's what, that's what Will is saying here. Will Rogers is saying, you should live at home the kind of godliness that you live when you're in front of other people. Because, because if, you, if you turn it off when you get home and turn it on when you leave, some days you might forget to turn it on when you leave. You got to be this person. You got to be this, this believer when you're home. That's what Will is saying. A spiritual person would not be ashamed to sell their talking parrot, the one that repeats all the words that you speak in your house, to, to anybody else. Everybody's saying, thank God I don't have a parrot. Thank God I don't have a parrot. You have a parrot. They're your kids. That's why when they swear and you look at them, where did they? I don't know where they learned it. <laughs> you got parrots boy I remember one time I was trying to tell a lie Melody came up but daddy didn't we just shut up because <laughs> when you tell kids we don't lie and you lie your kid doesn't think they caught you in a lie they think oh dad's confused that's, they don't know they're blowing up your spot. You taught them that we don't lie. And so they're going to go, no, no, dad, no. I heard you say you don't like hanging out with that person. That's why we didn't go. Listen to this. God created you not to be common. God created you to stick out like a sore thumb in a society like this. God is trying to develop you and create you and build you to stand out like a sore thumb where everybody else is okay with this or that. God is trying to find the people that's still willing to stand up and be uncommon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He didn't breathe his life into you so that you could do what everybody else is doing. 
You were created to be uncommon. Somebody turned to your neighbor and said, you're uncommon. Thanks for listening to Can I Get an Amen with Bishop Herson Gonzalez. You can subscribe to our podcast at www.canigetanamen.podbean.com or wherever you're listening. We'll see you next time.